Hi everyone, welcome back again to the Logical Bible Study Podcast, where we take a look at the literal sense of the text from today's Gospel reading at Mass, and you'll see that with today's text, that's particularly important, uh, because if we don't really pull apart the, the words of this particular text, we could get a little bit lost. And so the text we're looking at today is a short one, but a really important one. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to complete them. I tell you solemnly, till heaven and earth disappear, not one dot, not one little stroke, shall disappear from the law until its purpose is achieved. Therefore, the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. But the man who keeps them and teaches them will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. So this section we're looking at here is right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is about to launch into the Sermon on the Mount, and this is the introduction. And so what we're about to hear, or what we've just heard in this text It's an introduction, so it's kind of like Jesus says something like this. I'm about to say some things about the law of Moses. Here is why I'm saying them. So he's giving them them the purpose of why he's about to give them a sermon on the law. Now, this particular passage has generated a lot of discussion amongst scholars, particularly uh, critical scholars who don't believe the word word of God is inspired. I've read... Uh, scholarly papers just on these verses where scholars will really um, specifically debate what the meaning of Jesus' words are here. And they'll particularly frame it in terms of how does Matthew present Jesus, because for these scholars, they see Matthew's version of Jesus as quite different from the other version. And I don't think that's true. I, I think as we go through this exegesis, you'll see that what Jesus is saying is not at all different from the way Jesus is presented in the other Gospels. But just so you know, this this particular passage is one that uh, New Testament scholars spend a lot of time debating because it tells us a lot, according to them, about what the early Christians believed about the law. So they would say that the early Christians were putting words in Jesus' mouth here. Obviously, as faithful Catholics, that's not what we believe. We believe Jesus spoke these words. So let's uh, get into it. Verse 17, Jesus said to his disciples, now that's in the lectionary, it's not in the original. In the original, it doesn't say that. Jesus is just continuing to speak to the crowds as he has already been doing. And he says, do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Now the law or the prof- law and the prophets is the short shorthand for the Old Testament. So Jesus is saying up front, don't think that I've come to abolish the Old Testament. Now, it's important that Jesus says this because he's about to go on to explain how the common interpretation at the time of the Torah laws, in a lot of ways, was not correct. So, the common interpretation at the time of Jesus of how to interpret the law is not correct. And Jesus goes on to explain some specific areas where it's not quite right. But he wants his readers to understand that he's not abolishing the Old Testament. He's not even abolishing the Torah laws. He's not doing that. What he's come to do is to give the correct explanation of it. 
to provide the fulfillment, the most ultimate meaning of those laws. So he says that up front. And it's important we say that too, because you might hear Christians of all denominations occasionally saying that Christians are not bound to the Torah laws. We need to be careful how we phrase that, because although that's true in a sense, in another sense, the way Jesus explains it, we are still bound to them. And so we need to be careful in the way we explain it. Jesus goes on, I've not come to abolish, but to complete them. And a better word there for complete in the Greek is fulfill. I've not come to abolish the laws, but to fulfill them. Now, what does this mean? It means that Jesus has come to to explain the true purpose and meaning of the law in the Old Testament. The true purpose and meaning. In other words, what the law has always truly meant, what God always intended when he gave those laws. Notice the setup here. Jesus is on a mountain. So when Moses gave the law, he was on a mountain originally. And now Jesus appears on a mountain to give the definitive interpretation of that law. So once again, Matthew is highlighting how Jesus is the new Moses. And Jesus has unique capacity to provide the ultimate binding, fulfilling interpretation of the Torah laws. He's unique. He can do that because he is the divine son. So when Jesus goes on to explain, as he will in the coming chapters, that the laws of the Torah need to be internalized and fulfilled on an even deeper level than what the people were used to, he's not diminishing their literal force. He's never, he never takes away from their literal binding force. He goes beyond that to say it means more than just that. So, for example, he gives, uh, you know, the examples of, you know, divorce is, is a true law, but he says we also need to go even further than that and consider lust in our hearts. And killing is bad, Jesus says, and that's definitely wrong, but we also need to consider hatred in our hearts. So that's the kind of structure Jesus is going to go on to provide, where he wants people to understand the true purpose of the law in terms of transforming our hearts to become more like the Father's heart. Verse 18, Jesus says, I tell you solemnly, and whenever we hear that, we know Jesus is about to say something quite important that we should pay attention to. Now, I'll read out the whole sentence, and then we'll go back and have a look at some features of the sentence. He says, I tell you solemnly, till heaven and earth disappear, not one dot, not one little stroke shall disappear from the law until its purpose is achieved. So when he says, till heaven and earth disappear, this has been taken different ways. Some people have taken it literally, as in, uh, there will be a certain point at which heaven and earth passes away, and, and Jesus is thinking of that specific point in history, and Jesus is saying uh, the law applies up until that specific point. And some have even gone so far as to say that this is a metaphorical way of explaining until he dies on the cross, till heaven and earth disappear, or perhaps until 70 AD when the Jewish temple system was destroyed. Maybe Jesus is thinking of that specific time point, and that's when heaven and earth disappear in a sense. You can find some support of that because Uh, There are some texts in the New Testament which talk about heavens and earth being shaken in terms of, you know, destruction of the temple and things like that. I think in this context, Jesus is saying heaven and earth, till heaven and earth disappear. And it's a Jewish way of saying for all time. It's just a, a Jewish phrase, basically meaning forever, for all time. 
it does not seem the text does not seem to imply that there's a specific date when the law is going to expire. I don't think that's what Jesus means. So he says, till heaven and earth disappear, or for all time, for all of human history, not one dot, not one little stroke. Now, other translations have this as not one iota or not one dot of the law. So that actually refers to the tiny little strokes and marks that the scribes would make as they are writing the law. So Jesus is saying not even the tiniest detail of a single letter of the law is going to pass away. Shall disappear from the law, Jesus says. So what does he mean when he says not one dot, not one little stroke shall disappear from the law? Jesus again is emphasizing that he has not come to abolish any of the Torah law. None of it is going to disappear. The law retains its status, Jesus says. He's really emphasizing this up front. The law retains its status. He's not abolishing it. But now Jesus gives us the until. Until all is accomplished. So the law is not going to pass away until all is accomplished. Now there's a question here about when is all accomplished. Again, it interprets, uh, depends on how you interpret the phrase. There's two possible meanings, really. The all could mean all is accomplished when Jesus fulfills his mission on the cross. All is accomplished in that sense. And if that's how we read it, we would say that the law was binding on Jesus' disciples from the point he was speaking for the next three years until he died on the cross. I don't think that's the right way of reading the Greek there, although it is a possible way of reading the Greek. But I think a better translation of until all is accomplished, it's not talking about until all events are accomplished. He's still talking about the law. So he's talking about until all of the law is accomplished. So a better translation of this phrase, I think, would be until its purpose is achieved. So here's what the sentence says, if I was going to put it in modern English. I tell you solemnly... Not for the entire human history, not even one little detail of the law, shall disappear until its purpose has been achieved. So I think Jesus is intending to teach us that the law is not going to pass away, even in the new covenant age. But he is going to go on and give, he's going to modify that a little bit as we see. Because he has come to give a new interpretation of that law. So he's saying the law itself is not going to pass away. It's still binding, even on Christians. But his interpretation of the law is the correct one. And that's the one that's binding. Not the interpretation of the Pharisees. That's not binding. Not anymore, now that Jesus is here. But Jesus' interpretation of the law is binding into the kingdom of God. Verse 19, Jesus says, Therefore... And that tells us there's Jesus isn't starting a new topic. It's actually connected to what he's just said. So there's a connection between what he's just said about the law not passing away and the commandments that he's about to give. So again, here's the whole sentence. This is verse 19. Therefore, the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. But the man who keeps them and teaches them will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. So the man who infringes, and here he's giving a warning to the crowd. Jesus is speaking to the crowds, as in don't become the man that infringes these. These commandments. Now, what commandments is Jesus talking about? So in context, it's the commandments he's about to describe. The commandments he's about to describe in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is here is portraying 
the commandments he's about to say as the correct interpretation of the Torah laws. So Jesus is saying these commandments, as in the Torah laws, as I'm about to explain them to you. So Jesus here is telling us that in the kingdom of God, which began with Jesus and continues up until our day as well, in order to obey the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, one must obey the commandments of the law, but in terms of the interpretations he's about to give. He expects his followers to follow the interpretation of the law, all of them, all of the laws, all of the commandments that he's about to give. And Jesus says that in doing that, that's how we follow the law, because we're following his interpretation of those laws. Even one of the least of these commandments, Jesus says. Now notice that, the least of these commandments. That implies that some commandments are more important than others. Some commandments are more important than others. Even amongst Jesus' interpretations of the law, that means some are going to be more important than others. Presumably, that means things like do not kill are going to be more important than some of the other ritual laws or something like that. And teaches others to do the same. Now, notice that he expects his followers to pass on these commandments to others. He doesn't just want them to sit there at the Sermon on the Mount, listen to him on the mountain, and then do it themselves. He actually wants them to go and spread those commandments to others. This particular one is not a private briefing for the apostles. This is Jesus explaining his commandments that he expects anyone in the kingdom of God to follow. And later we learn that that's actually part of the Great Commission. You've probably heard, you know, the Great Commission as, you know, go and spread the gospel to all nations. The Actually, the wording of that, if you look at it, is go and discipline the nations or go and make disciples of the nations. But it literally means go and teach them, go and teach the nations. And Jesus even goes on to qualify all that I have commanded you. So if you read the Matthew chapter 5 to 7, where Jesus gives his commandments, his interpretations of the law, Jesus expects those to be preached to all nations and to be followed. So we need to keep that in mind. Now, notice what he says here. Um, anyone who, te- who follows these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called great. And anyone who doesn't do that and teaches others not to do that will not be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So it appears that what Jesus is saying here is that he's saying you don't actually have to follow all these laws to get into the kingdom. But the way you follow those laws will determine your status in the kingdom. And that's important that we understand that. So you don't have to strictly observe every single little commandment that Jesus goes on to describe. For example, when he talks about having lust in your heart, most people would say that that's incredibly hard to keep. And so Jesus is saying here that you don't, I want to phrase this correctly, it's not expected that you follow that these laws every single time without fail. You don't have to do that in order to get into the kingdom, Jesus says. So we, we can make mistakes and we do make mistakes. However, we're still expected to strive to follow them all the time. And if we do that, then we have a higher status in the kingdom. So it's this whole theology about rewards in the kingdom. Some people are going to have a higher status, higher rewards in the kingdom. So those who keep the commandments that Jesus is about to list his interpretations of the Torah law, and those who teach others to do the same will end up with a higher ranking in the kingdom. doesn't affect their salvation. If you can't follow them all the time, which is most of us, we all struggle to follow these commandments. 
doesn't mean you're not saved or you're kicked out of the kingdom, but it will affect your ranking in the kingdom. That is Jesus' teaching here. So this last bit tells us a lot about the commandments in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus knows that they're hard to keep. He knows that he's about to give them hard laws. And that's why he's saying all this stuff up front about how they fit into, you know, the law and, and God's teaching. So Jesus wants us to know that these. he knows that these laws that he's about to give, the Beatitudes and the commandments, are hard to follow. Perfect obedience to them is not required for entrance into the kingdom. Nevertheless, he does expect his disciples to strive to keep them perfectly and to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. When we can perfectly keep the commandments, as Jesus phrases them, then that's how we best model the Father to the world. So that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. I hope that gives you a really good context uh, for the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, because if we don't analyze this starting part, we might get the rest of the Sermon on the Mount wrong. Now, how does the Catholic Church develop teachings here based on these passages? Well, there's a few places. Paragraph 577, uh, we It says this, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus issues a solemn warning in which he presented God's law given on Sinai during the first covenant in light of the grace of the new covenant. And then it goes on to quote the entire passage that we just heard. So the entire passage gets put in the catechism there, which tells us the Catholic Church sees this passage as important in understanding Jesus' view of the law. Paragraph 592 says, Jesus did not abolish the law of Sinai, but rather fulfilled it with such perfection that he revealed its ultimate meaning and redeemed the transgressions against it. So here we have uh, the Catechism bringing together really nicely a number of passages which tell us that Jesus fulfilled the law, he gives it its new interpretation that he wants people to follow, but on the cross he also redeemed the transgressions that have been made against it. Paragraph 1967, we have a discussion of the word fulfills, and this is a really important one. Paragraph 1967, the law of the gospel fulfills, refines, surpasses, and leads the law to its perfection. In the Beatitudes, the new law fulfills the divine promises by elevating and orienting them towards the kingdom of heaven. It is addressed to those open to accepting this new hope with faith. The poor, the humble, the afflicted, the pure of heart, those persecuted on account of Christ, and so marks out the surprising ways of the kingdom. And then in paragraph 2053, uh, it brings in a discussion of this passage in terms of uh, elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus says, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor. So the Catechism now tries to resolve that explanation of perfection with the explanation of perfection we have here in Matthew chapter 5. Here's what it says. To this reply, Jesus adds a second. If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Follow me. This reply does not do away with the first. Following Jesus Christ involves keeping the commandments. The law has not been abolished, but rather man is invited to rediscover it in the person of his master, who is its perfect fulfillment. In the three synoptic gospels, Jesus called to the rich young man to follow him. In the obedience of a disciple and in the observance of the commandments is joined to the call to poverty 
and chastity. The evangelical counsels are inseparable from the commandments. So here that's a really nice bringing together of Jesus' words to the rich young man, uh, combining it with what we hear in this passage about Jesus coming to fulfill the law. So I'll put all those paragraphs in the show notes. They're well worth reading. And this is one of those podcasts that's it's worth listening to again so that we're really clear on what Jesus is about to say. Because I think this is a text where Jesus has packed a lot into every single word that he says in these sentences. And so we do need to do good exegesis on it. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with some others. I'd love uh, for more and more people to hear um, what exegesis is all about and the way we can go about doing it. Thanks again. Please tune in again tomorrow.